What is up, guys? This is the Static Moments Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jake. Joined by my man, Ryan, today, a.k.a. Rod Sean. What's going on, bro? What it do? What's going on, How man? you feeling, man? I'm good, man. Grateful to be here. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. So, it's been a long time coming right here, this episode. You know it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, he, so, so my guy, Ryan, was, um, was kind of involved uh, from the beginning. We met at a uh, barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Andamo, Andamo Ford, our guy. Uh, so, yeah, we were there for a, a release of Smoke and Mirrors EP, Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it yet, guys, go check it out. It's it's really good stuff. Um, but yeah, so we were there, and a lot of the people there was a cipher that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the guys that were there were just spitting crazy shit. We we're talking about it off off camera just now. Um, and really, you were there before really anybody else. Like it was you and a couple other people who had thought like, "Yo, this is somebody I need on the pod." Um, before we had started even even recording, you know. Mm-hmm. So it took us a minute to get here, but we're here. Oh yeah. But yeah, man. So like, how you been? Man, I've been good, man. Thanks for asking. Also, man, big shout-out to Andamo. That is my dog, man. That Smoke and Mirrors EP is crazy. Make sure y'all go check it out. My homeboy, Los. Shout-out to Los. Shout-out to the Rap Trade. Them three gentlemen is out here in the DMV putting in work. And also Nationwide, man. My dog actually out there in Cali right now doing his thing. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And 90-wise, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. Oh, yeah. My yeah. dog. <laughs> Silver <Yeah>. Diner. <laughs> 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 so he, he's goofy. He anybody who knows Aaron, man, he is one of the funniest dudes that I met in a minute, yeah. for real. That's that's um, a little insider right there, man. But we'll get back to the, you know. No, like, yeah, man, yeah, absolutely, uh, man. How we met, you know, with the cipher and everything. That was just one of the cool moments, you know, kick it with genuine people. I met my mm-hmm. guy Jake, man. Definitely a genuine guy, man, from a genuine location that we met at, and uh, we was out there, you know, just kicking some jazz, man, spinning some freestyles, you know. Everything came together collectively. Now we're here. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about first. Uh, you just came back from Miami, right? And so, oh, yeah. uh, you was out there with your guy. You was doing a, a video and stuff. What was that like? I mean, first, why were you down there? You know. Oh yeah. So uh, I went to Miami. I was meeting my cousin. Uh, my cousin, he NPR Richie Rich. He on IG all platforms. Man, check out his music. He's doing his damn thing. But uh, my cousin invited me to Miami for his birthday. And he was also shooting the video. Mm-hmm. So I got to, you know, double with a little family time and also being able to handle some business, man. A little business and pleasure at the same time. But uh, it was for his new song, Live in the Moment. Okay. And that joint is hitting 2 million on all platforms. Y'all make sure y'all go stream it. Y'all go check it out. NPR, Richie Rich. The song is Live in the Moment. Live in the Moment. Check yeah, that out. It was beautiful. And we definitely did that while we was there. We definitely did it in the yeah, moment. Yeah, so... So don't give away too much and everything, cause I, I want the people to see the you know see the video. But uh, but what was you y'all down there doing? So you was just on different locations on different sets or different. Oh yeah yeah we yeah. Was doing, so was, we was doing different locations, you know. In between time, we got to have some good family time. We got to build, you know, with each other, share ideas, bounce things off of each other, and then uh, that man is a machine. You feel me? He's a man, but also a machine too. So he was working in between time. It was like. About four or five, you know, different locations we all went to. Y'all tap into the video to check it out. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, your background—you actually came from Detroit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, did you grow up in in Detroit and you just relocated here, or were you kind of all over the place? Uh, a little all over the place. Like I, I was born in Detroit. I was raised there, and um, partially in Inkster. Shout out Inktown. You feel me, Inkster, Michigan. Up until I was about fourteen, fifteen. Uh, some of my family, you know, they was into some things. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, some gang things, other things, whatever. I ain't gonna go too deep, whatever. I ain't dry snitching. But uh, unfortunately, my house ended up getting shot up. And uh, we ended up moving down to Memphis, Tennessee. So I spent some of my some of my late teenage years in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, bounced back between Michigan and Tennessee. I went back to college after high school, and I just got around. You know, that's how I ended up here. And that's, what is uh, what is Detroit even like? I haven't been. So Memphis, I grew up in Tennessee partially, um, okay. originally from Kentucky, um, okay. but, but I mostly grew up in Tennessee. So Memphis I am familiar with. Uh, okay. um, what part? Um, what part of Tennessee did I grow up in? Yeah. East, East Tennessee. So okay. right outside Knoxville. So, I mean, it's like, it's very country. It's country as shit, little old town, um, only a couple thousand people. Is it near, like, Murfreesboro? Not too far. This is more, you know, Johnson City. Like, Johnson City, um, this place called Russellville. Okay. It's very tiny. Okay. Like, Greenville, Johnson City, uh, Knoxville. It's like in that little pocket in the, it's very small. Oh, that's yeah. that's uh, Morristown, that area right okay. there. Yeah. Okay. I'm hip. Um, but like what is what is Detroit like? I've never been to Detroit. Man, Detroit is is beautiful, man. It's a lot like DC, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's big on art. It's a lot of people there, the community, you know, lifestyle is very big for all the creatives and all the people that's coming together and, you know, trying to build something, make some of themselves, you know, have some business, do something for their family, as well as at the same time you got the craziness, just mm-hmm. like you got everywhere. But uh, it's a real fast-paced city. It's a lot of stuff to do, rather positive or negative, whatever you want to get into. Right. It's just kind of what you gravitate towards, you know, and Absolutely. all possibilities be open. Yeah. But I love Detroit, man. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I always wondered if it was one of those cities where it's like as advertised, you know what I mean, where it's like what we – our perception of it is kind of yeah. like what it really is, you know? Yeah. Like, D.C., I feel like it's not, you know? D.C., yeah. there's so much culture here, so much uh, beauty in the city that makes it – that's not on headlines, you know? It's not about the White House or the monuments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was that was one of those cities. But I need, to, I need to check that out, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Detroit is amazing, man. Y'all ever go there, make sure y'all go to Belle hit Belle Okay. go to any Coney Island – Get chili cheese fries. That's Ooh. my. That's, that's what I advise for y'all. Y'all hit the D for sure. Hey, I heard the pizza hitting too. The pizza is good. Cause, cause is they good. make it in like the. It's like a historical thing, right? So like, I guess the automotive, like, I don't know if you knew this, but like the automotive like industry was so big there. Mm-hmm. Whenever it stopped, all of the the different pans, the metal pans that they would use to hold like lug nuts and stuff in in garages, got cleaned and refurbished. And they cook their pizza in it. Apparently, this is what I this is what I've heard. Nah, that's something I ain't even know. And I'm front of the, but it makes sense because I'm just learning that deep dish pizza is a big thing in Detroit. I thought that was like right. a Chicago. You thing. see what I'm saying? But I'm just learning deep dish is. And a, it's is got that kind of like caramelized crust on it when you like look at it. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's how they make it from what. But I hey, don't don't quote me on it. If y'all if y'all from Detroit and y'all see this, you know, leave a comment or something. Subscribe. Let us know. Let us know what's up because I don't I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So so yeah, Detroit, uh, came down came this way mm-hmm. from there to here. Mm-hmm. So Actually, how was that adjustment? My uh, the adjustment was good, but the way I got here is my brother, my bro Dre Drizzy. You know, I knew him man, long time man, been college and everything together. That's my homie man, and uh, he ended up going to the Navy, and we both had a business plan. You feel me? That we was gonna do we was supposed to be going into business together. We still have some things we putting together, mm-hmm. but um, he ended up going to the Navy. He called me here one year. I was going through a little bit of a rough time in Tennessee. He told me it was a lot of opportunity. I came here, checked it out around 2014, like 
I stayed for like two weeks, went back home, handled some other business. A couple years later, I was like, hey, man, I'm ready to, ready to go. Yeah, man. So and that, and that's that's funny, too. That would have been like, I think I got here in 2013, you know? So mm-hmm. we, we got here around the same time, first time seeing a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, like, I got here and I was like, yo, because I never felt, I felt like a big fish in like a little pond, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I would I just didn't fit in where I was at. And it wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be from where I'm from. It gave me like manners and respect and everything. But like, um, when it comes to it, this is home. DC is home to me. You yeah. know, do you, did you feel that connection? Maybe you were, you were older, right? So it was like a little bit different. Nah. <laughs> when I first got here, man, I, uh, I was trying to escape what I was going through at that time. You know, I felt like that wasn't the place for me. That wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. You know, um, and I came here looking for opportunity. I found an opportunity. It turned out to be amazing. And as I matured, what I learned uh, about myself that was already here, Mm -hmm. about the opportunity and about the people and the mentality. You know, I hung around an older group of individuals, and they gave me a lot of insight, gave me a lot of knowledge. And when I started operating at that capacity, I started to fall in love with D.C. way more. Right. Because at first I was just young, you know, I'm in the party stage still. I'm trying to hit the clubs, you know, everything, see Baltimore, you know. But (laughs) after a while, you know, it was about like I really got deep into who I am, you know, searching for who I am and my life, my purpose, what I need to do. And I got some assistance. I appreciate it. I feel like I was directed to be here for a way greater purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so speaking of purpose, right? Let's get right to it. So oh, yeah. when was when did this love affair with music start for you? I mean, you know, I would say for me it was since I was I can't even remember how old, you know, but like were you always really attached to music and were always doing it? Grew up in a musical family or did it was it something that later on in life it just sprung up, you know? Nah, man, I was always attached to music. Music for me it started off very young. Um I didn't even know how significant it was at the time, you know. Gratefully, my elementary school that I went to in Inkster, Michigan, we had um, some good classes, and one of them was a music class. I had a writing class, and uh, I ended up getting a journal, be able to write how I felt. And, you know, I was doing music. I was doing choir. At first, I started off trying to sing, you know, get the ladies <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but then, my boy uh, on his Fred Hammond. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Then one day I actually, you know, started writing about my life in my journal. And what's funny is, you know, back in the day, you know, everybody used to beat on the school, you know, the lunchroom table, and we'd be joking. You know, we'd tell jokes about each other. They call it the dirty dozens, capping, joking, whatever. And um, one day, somebody called me out. You know, I come from a family. I got nine siblings, you know, four brothers, four sisters. So we shared a lot of things. You know, I had the best mother in the world, but we ain't always had the best conditions coming up. But that's okay. You feel me? I'm blessed. At that time, you know, somebody chose to go ahead, you know, take their shot at me. And I let them have it. And it was so cold, they didn't want me to stop. But throughout life, I just, you know, developed it more into poetic and storytelling and everything else. But before then, even when I was younger, my big brother, he was big in the music. You know, Big Steve. Shout out to Big Steve. My brother looked like Nas when he was younger, so everybody used to call him Nas. That made me want to listen to Nas music. He was a big Hot Boys fan, you know, uh, KRS-One, Rod Digger. Damn. You know, all the legends. So I grew up listening to that, and it was just in the back of my mind the whole time. So when I came into, you know, who I am and doing music, I wanted to mirror that. I wanted to have that authenticity. 
I want to have that rawness, that realness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's funny. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, when I look back on it, it was something that was always omnipresent. It was always in my life. Like, I remember Brian McKnight, Anthony Hamilton, Pac, all being played when I was, like, tiny, tiny, you know, in my house. But then... As I got older, you know, because you, when you're a kid, you're looking for the things to sing along with and whatnot. You get older, and I, I started to hit like seventh, eighth grade, started looking for more stories, right? So then Outcast kind of became like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to fuck with this and see what Aqua M and I are talking about, you know? And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, you get to like a high school age, and I started, I started taking a um, shout out to Clay Scott. I'll never forget it. Clay Scott was my uh, creative writing uh, teacher okay. in high school. And dude was very talented and he was always trying to get people to think outside the box and push, push, push. And so for me, it was like, I would go back and listen to to music and be like, yo, what did I miss in this music before when I heard it? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it was like, I'd I'd listen to like Scarface, Snappy Roots, uh, you know, KRS-One, Nas, Biggie, Pac. And I'd go back and try to dissect like, yo, what were they really going through? Like, What were the Mm -hmm. stories behind these tracks, you know? And, um... It's crazy how it takes different like it takes different meanings as we get older with it, you know. I think that that's the nostalgia part of music that gets like lost in translation, you know what I mean? It's beautiful, man. It's amazing. Uh I myself still listen to music to this day, different songs, and my ear has got tuned so much I can hear samples of other songs oh, in the word? song, bro. This is a game we got to like, play sometime. We got to, we, hey, we need to get a bunch of drinks, you know, I'm some more, some more, and just sit there because it's my favorite thing to do, bro. It surprised the heck out of me when I started realizing, like, is this where they got this from? Oh, no, oh, no, they didn't do that. Yes. Like, hey, it'd be amazing. And here's the thing. I So y'all don't know this, and I've never told this story on this podcast before, but okay. there's going to be an episode, and everybody stay tuned. It's going to be a lost episode, a hidden episode, and I'm going to let y'all know where to find it. And I'm going to explain the meaning of the Static Moments name and where it came from. But it came from a sample, bro. It came from, the story came wow. from a sample, yes. And so it's got, I'll, I'll give you a hint. There's a a big Kentucky element, right? So the homage and the roots, right? But it did, it came from a sample. And it, the craziest thing was, you know, I had always said like, you know, I want to do this podcast, I want to do it, you know, three years, literally. And I was like, I couldn't come up with a name. For some reason, a name was escaping me. And so one day I heard a sample. And I went back and I was like, wait a minute. And I traced it all back and came up with the name. And I'll piece it together for y'all. But it was crazy because three years, just like that, in 20 seconds, name of the podcast, and everything fell right in line right after that. Next day, I already started doing my guest list. You was in line, bro. You was in line. But it was it's crazy. But yeah, samples. That's like the big thing. Those mm-hmm. those those nostalgia like callbacks is like so contagious in music. You know what I mean? Like you just can't beat that. Mm-hmm. But so Anyway, so you know, you 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 had always been rapping. Like, what age did you did you say you started? Who we? I would say about seventh grade. So that's about is that like twelve, thirteen, around that age. Yeah. So uh, middle school. Uh, yeah, middle school age. Uh, and it happened just off of like you know, being that being that that kid in the in the big family, right? So you just had to. Yeah. It first started out me expressing myself like I was always a poet first. And then it, it grew and developed into, uh, I wasn't getting picked on, you feel me? But people trying to take their shot. <laughs> and I had to defend myself, but I, it ended up being so good that, you know, it was more of an art form versus just battling in me, you know, trying to down somebody back or say something bad back to them. It actually was good, you know, I actually was saying something real, you know. 
So yeah, I actually got that in one of my songs. It's um, it's called Brag on Them. So I say, you know, my homie heard the verse and said, damn, that was amazing. Keep rapping like that. I believe that you could make it. Slow grinding, cutting grass, and shovel snow to get paper as I watch have my peers with dope money fight cases. That was a real bar. That's my real life. You feel me? I really cut grass and shovel snow to get paper. Like absolutely, and and you did it. You, you had a call back too. I wanted to uh, to mention to you. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the track, but you had talked to uh, you. You said that you had talked to, I believe, your uncle mm-hmm. locked up. And he said that everybody in there was messing with your stuff, right? Oh, yeah. No, no that was my brother. That's my brother, Big Steve. Your Steven. brother, your brother, brother. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I was listening to that yesterday. I was like, man, I need I need to get the story behind that. So that was real, right? That wasn't... <laughs> no, that's yeah, very yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but that's good, though. What does that mean to you, you know, when you got people, uh, you know, that are just not in the most fortunate circumstances, and they're telling you, like, from inside, like, yo... Keep doing what you do, man. Like that—that's a big burden to, to carry and, and to hold. You know what yeah. I mean? One of my big brothers, well, my big brother, all of them, not just one, all of them are a big motivator to me. Steve, uh, in a special case, because I would say that my big bro Steve, man, had been through a walk of life. You know, only the strong can survive, and uh, the type of things he was into, I didn't even know or think that he would support what I was doing, and he actually got on board and started supporting it. You know. And he really took the time to see me for me and not just little man or his little right, brother right. anymore. You know, he listened to me, heard me out as a man. He respected me and, you know, heard what I had to say. And it's crazy because it's people that's not even behind bars. And I'm not holding them to know anything. I don't want this to seem like anything. It's people that's not even behind bars with way more free time in their life that just didn't have the time to just listen or hear what I was saying, you know. And my bro took that time to listen, and I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. And that's, man, that's real. That's so real. And I always tell people like, yo, some family we choose, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I got I got family that's not really family to me, you know, I, I, I got love for him. I love him, you know, but it is what it is. Like, my dad wasn't around, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, but then I got people here, man, like, I got real life brothers in DC, man. Like, oh, yeah. and, and, and nothing makes me more proud to see like, their growth and to see because just like you said like they don't have to take that time especially when they got stuff going on in their own life and you know like it'd be easy for them to just kind of check out on you you know just i get back to them whenever you know but you know that they always going to answer when you call and that's something special right there for real oh yeah yeah so um you know the the project that you just released summer rain right ep Mm -hmm. uh let's see here it has is it it's five tracks right yeah five Five tracks. tracks Um, what is the, I, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, cause all of your tracks are very dirt, it's stories, you know, from, from start to finish. Um, what is your writing process like? Like, do you start off saying like, yo, I got this concept in my head, maybe this beat, like, how does that work? Sometimes I have, um, a collective of beats and I go through the beats and I just do what I feel. But majority of the times is exactly what I'm just feeling in life and what I want to speak about. Like, I don't have no beat. I don't have no engineer. I don't have nobody, no nothing. It's just me and the spirit. And I just have what's on my heart. I actually write verses without beats because I start off as a poet. So a lot of times I'm just writing my life and how I feel. And then I hear a beat and I match it to that. Or I have a beat in my head. Like, I ain't learned how to make beats yet. But let me tell you, if I can find somebody talented enough to hear what I got to say, and can take in my head and make this, we'd be like J. Cole or, or Tyler the Creator and them, you feel me? Like, <laughs> for real. 
But I just, I just, you know, go by how I'm feeling in life at that time. And I just decided to speak on it. And everything else just falls in the line, just come into order. Summer Rain was one of them pieces, you know. Uh, I was coming off of doing a reality TV show. It's called Creative House. Shout out Creative House DMV. Make sure y'all check them out, man. Big shout out to my homeboy, Mark Bravo. Mark Bravo is the man with the plan, you feel me? Put it all together. But everybody came together collectively, show love. Everybody pulled together their resources. We just did a tour. So shout out to the whole Creative House Collective. I was coming off of doing a reality TV show, and everybody was dropping their music, you know, right after that. So I was like, okay, cool. We can't drop the music from the show because mm. we made that on the show. I don't want right. to give it away. All right, I'm going to do another piece. I gave myself four months, took some time, went into my heart, and then I, I made Summer Rain. And uh, it's very significant, not just because of that, that it was coming from that show, but also it was really something that's in my heart. And also it's something that I did as an investment for my daughter. My daughter is named Rain. Mm. So Summer Rain, of course, is coined from her name. And I took an opportunity to make this as an investment and... I gave her all the royalties to the EP. Yo, that's lit. So I put her on as 50-50 shares. Every time the music is played, she get paid. I love and that, right bro. right now to the rest of her life. I love that, bro. I learned that You know what's Nas. crazy is that I... So, you know, I love supporting people that, that's trying to do something special and unique. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's great when Nike drops a hoodie. But when you got a guy that lived down the street that you've been messing with for years and he dropped his clothing line and you don't support, you look kind of like a clown. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to support your people. Um, and so one of the things that I love is, like, when you hear a story like that, bro, I'm going to go stream that even more. I've already <laughs> been streaming it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I already, yeah. that, I just love that. Like, that's so lit. So, so Summer Rain, um, what was the... What was the concept that you really wanted to the overlying umbrella theme that 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 gave it what it was the name, the the track listing, all of that. So um, the overlining thing is in the name Rain. So it's also my daughter's name, but it's a double entendre because the definition of Rain is a time or a period where a sovereign rules in a certain place. So. I feel like this was my time to take over. This is my time to rule. But this ain't just something I wanted to keep for me. I made it to give out my energy. So I mm -hmm. wanted everybody to feel this. I wanted everybody to feel like they could reign over their lives. They could be the best that they can be. And throughout my stories that I did within the tracks, it was just giving you a piece of my heart, a piece of my life. And like, you know that, yo, throughout anything, you still reign supreme. And that's the core right there. Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's the core. The, yeah, that's the that's core. The core. So at the core of my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I give you my last breath. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's dope, bro. I love to hear those stories. Those just the way that things come together. You know, because mm -hmm. like indulging it and hearing it, you know, things can be repetitive and get stuck in your head, and you don't even know what it is that led up to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's so cool to be able to connect that. Um, but you know, it there's when I was listening to the album, it's funny that you say that because there was this refreshing kind of sense of calm you know like after i heard it and it was funny because you know the title summer rain uh you know in the english language there is a, a word called petrichor okay and petrichor is you know when you walk outside and you smell like in the spring you can smell that clean air after it rained yes that is the definition of petrichor it's that smell you know it's funny i think i love the fall season 
just because of that. Yeah. Everything refreshes. Yeah. And comes back. Yeah, and there's like this sense of it's like, you know, the trees kind of die, the 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 leaves fall down, everything, but but it's also a sense of like it's almost regeneration. Yep. You know it's what I mean? It's everything coming back cyclically. Yeah. You know. Uh, and it's funny because I always go on. I always go on your page. You're always posting like motivational uh, stuff, just like that. You know what I mean? Like you had posted some stuff um, about your diet, actually. Yeah. And I had watched it, and I was like, "So, how much of that do you think bleeds into what you do? Do you think that that kind of keeps you in a good mental space for what you're doing, constantly writing, constantly trying to come up with these concepts?" Absolutely. Uh, my diet is more than just what I eat. A diet is a holistic lifestyle. Whole means entirety. You feel me? Not a piece, not a part, but whole. It's what you eat, it's what you consume, what you think, what you watch, who you around, what you do, what your actions, and also what you plan to do. That's your whole lifestyle. Now, being in that type of place allows me to be how I you know, want to be, how I plan my intentions on myself to be. So I keep my body clean, I keep my music clean, keep my friendships, you know, my relationships clean, I keep my business clean, keep my spirituality clean, and it all goes full cycle into my whole lifestyle. So how long have you been, uh, you're you're vegan, right? Not vegan. Or, vegan or vegetarian? Yeah. Um, pescatarian. Pescatarian. Yeah. I knew it was one of them. Yeah, I do still eat fish, sometimes chicken, don't shoot me all, but... I'm getting ready to let go of all of it, you know, and just do the best that I can. Did Was that something that, because I know for me, you know, I've personally also been trying to get my relationship with my diet and all the things that you had listed as well and kind of under control. Um, yeah, I remember you had messaged me about that. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, the, thing, the thing is, like, you know, when you come from, like, where we come from, like, yeah. certain backgrounds, everything is kind of around... Um, preservatives mm -hmm. around canned foods around junk mm -hmm. syrup sandwiches uh rice and milk you know like shit that just ain't good for your body when you break yeah. it down you know and your yeah. body doesn't receive that well you know maybe. um has that was that something that for you was also difficult like maybe trying to break that habit did you have those similar eating habits as a kid and you had to kind of you know it's funny um as a kid i was a big athlete i played mm. like every sport i'm talking about football basketball baseball wrestling track everything so like i always like been big on what i eat and what i put into my body like i didn't even start smoking or drinking till i was like really like 18 19 like i didn't even do it earlier in my teenage years i was like really you that's know good. A up there yeah that's good yeah and at first i was one of them people like you know you offer me some and i i'll be ready to fight you like i don't do that i'm an athlete you know <laughs> It's so funny, but, like, no, I never really liked, like, sweets or, like, you know, a lot of the things that, like, because I wanted to have a good, you know, healthy hygiene. Like, my teeth. I didn't want my teeth mm. to be messed up. Yeah. I didn't want to be big and fat because I wanted to be able to dunk forever and jump high. <laughs> Bro, what? Man, who you telling? I'm five foot six, five foot seven on a good day if I could ever dunk. I'd trade a donut for a dunk any day, bro. Nah, man. Let me tell you, bro. It's all about confidence and training. I was five foot ten, five foot six, seven. Same time, my homeboy D, Big Dion. Shout out to Dion, man. That's my dog, man. He was always taller. And one thing he did, I'm gonna get back to the thing that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing he did to help my confidence because you know we real bros is when we first started hooping and I wanted to dunk but I wasn't able to. He just tell me run up to the rim and he'd stand under the rim. He's like six two, six three at the mm -hmm. time. 
he'll pick me up and like throw me up <laughs> and just let me know because I was it. skinny. Yeah. So just doing that and just practicing that just helped me and just wanted me. I just wanted to do it so much because now I could see myself doing it. I just practiced on that. I just trained on that. I just that helped me manifest and that goes into a lot of things when you can mm. see yourself doing it Facts. and you practice on it. You train yourself doing it. It was hard for me to break that diet, but I manifested it. Yeah. I practiced on eating these eating habits. I trained my body. I fasted so I can let go of my hunger. I could let go of my desire. I wouldn't be a slave to my body. I wouldn't be a slave to my appetite. I wouldn't be a slave to my desires. I would overcome that and start having more control of my body, my life, my desirable things that I do. And then I eventually broke over it. But at first it was bad. Let me tell y'all, if y'all plan on doing it, you're going to have bad gas. Oh, You're going to have headaches. Talk to them, bro. Your body is going to go through a whole different change because you are changing everything. Your whole genetic makeup changes. Every day your body changes. Your skin sheds. You grow new skin. Your stomach lining changes every three days. Your lung capacity differs. Your whole body changes in a month, in a 30-day time. Women aren't the only period that, I mean, excuse me, women aren't the only people that change because they have periods. We all change because our body does it naturally, whether you know it or not. Bro. Fast, absolutely, and, and you're not lying about all that either, too, man. I've been going through it, just trying to build, <laughs> just just trying to build like a healthy, just you know, get myself to the point where oh, where I could like enjoy and indulge in some of the things that I really like. You know, mm -hmm. I like who who don't want to eat a brownie every now and then or mm -hmm. have some have some pizza, you know. But like when you really break it down, like you shouldn't be eating that shit every day, and mm -hmm. you're not even really enjoying it at a certain point when that's your whole diet. You just feel unclean and bad all the time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm just trying to get all that squared away. But let me tell you, sugar, if you are watching this and you don't and you're not mindful of the amount of sugar you're putting in your body, just go in, in your pantry. Look at some shit that ain't even sweet. Just look at different the backs of different stuff and see just how much sugar is in it. Sugar is one of the most highly addictive drugs that you can put in your body. And it's the same like type of response within your brain neuro neurologically that you have from other like opioids Absolutely. you know what i mean those the, the way that they fire and are triggered when the dopamine is released in the brain because you have you're on that sugar rush man y'all gotta like just just fuck with it just just cut it out a little bit and you will be surprised how much better you'll feel like water and sugar you know yep absolutely yeah uh these things actually could could possibly hinder you and just like you know like i mentioned earlier you don't become a slave to it you know you gain more control of yourself honestly it can have control of you you know your body have urges yeah you know uh people grow parasites and you think you hungry you're not hungry those those worms trying to feed themselves those are those things in your mm -hmm. body you know those things exactly. that's taking on that addiction that once it fed and you have to fight that yeah either that or sometimes like yo are you hungry or are you just bored you know what i'm saying like that's very true you just sitting on the on the couch watching a tv show you just want to be eaten you know what i mean for no damn reason you know 70 percent of the time you're thirsty you mm. need water you're not even facts. hungry you're thirsty facts facts but yeah so i mean and th these are the types of conversations that i love too just because it's like yo anybody can come on and talk about like and regurgitate the same information, but it's like we all have some gems to drop, you know. And, and for sure. you, you like I said, you've inspired me with the way when we had the initial conversation at the at the barbecue. I started thinking about it. I'm like, yo, he's doing it. I ended up messaging you. I was like, yo, I've been on this like new thing. 
hella inspirational. You were hella supportive from the jump. And that's what we need. We need people that are around us that are in line with the things that we we believe and agree in agreements with those things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, so Summer Rain, you know, that dropped. What has the response been since Summer Rain has came out? The response been amazing, man. My brother, he actually got released from jail June 16th. Hey. You feel me? They freed Big Steve. Actually, that was the release date I chose. Yo, uh, talk to, to him. Man, due to one sample not getting cleared, I wasn't able to release it that day of his release, mm-hmm. but I released it the week after. So uh, that was actually another tribute I did, you know, as a triple entendre, you know, with the name, with my daughter, and then the release of my brother because a lot of my music with Long Time Coming a lot of the stories I told, you know, involving my brother and also within Summer Rain, it continued over there because it's a storyline. It goes all into each other. I ain't about to go off subject and just get y'all no craziness. So that actually, you know, went into the storyline. You know, my brother was released, so that was definitely one of the things that was good. That's man, dope. That. Yeah. That's dope, man. It's always good to see somebody, yeah. you know, get get up out of that negativity, you know. Absolutely. And incarceration is such a... If you know me, um, you know this is one of those things. Is this is a hot button for me? Like, yo, we we do not do a good job in this country of like rehabilitating people, helping people. You mm. know, not just we not we're not animals. We're not dogs. You know, just mm. because somebody make a choice at eighteen, nineteen years old, don't mean that that is who they are. You know, we are mm. not our choices. You know, we are not our mistakes, and we just kind of have this idea like, yo, oh, you a felon, or oh, you're this or that, man. All right. I'm going to just throw you to the curb, you know, like we, we got to do better, got to do better. So it's great to see somebody come out of that shit, you know, and, and how's he been since? Has he been good? He's been amazing, man. We stay in contact almost every day, if not every other day. He working, he's stacking up his bread. He looking forward to get into his business. I've been helping him out as much as I can with whatever I can, information that I got. So yeah, we, we, we doing that. Adjusting good, everything he's great. Yeah. He's great, man. Yo, that's what I love it. Love it, bro. Love it. Actually, I want to touch on the rehabilitation because, uh, funny thing, rehabilitation don't just start in jail. Mm-mm. It starts here. Yep. <laughs> you feel me? A lot of people is in jail and imprisoned in their own mind. Mm. So you have to break free of yourself in your own mind. That's actually why I started uh, eating the way I did because I wanted to rehabilitate my body from the poor diet that I had. I started relearning things. I started to teach myself. I had to rehabilitate myself from the lack of knowledge mm-hmm. you know i had to put myself around different situations and different scenarios for my outcome to be better for what i want progressively in life because i had to rehabilitate myself from the situation and circumstances facts. that i came from facts you and know? you know we call it substance right yeah you're absolutely. putting substance in your body now you know yeah and and uh, just those those negative like those empty carbs and those voids that we try to sometimes live off of you know mm. And that, you know, not just not eating broccoli, but that, that means, like, relationships are voids for a lot of people, mm, you know? Um, past situations, the things that they're doing on their block, the things that people on their block are doing next to them, you know, that they don't maybe want to be involved in. But, you know, all of these different things that we um, we experience day to day, we consume, like you were saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just seep all that in. We're, we're so much like sponges, especially in those first, like those formative years of our life, like I think back and it's like, man, you could be exposed to like violence at three, four years old, like myself. And man, you, you have a hard time. You got to learn like, yo, it's not really like that. Like that's not the way the world should be. You know what I mean? Um, 
And so you you in a in a lot of ways, it's like you said, re- rehabilitation starts with like being able to take ownership of our, of ourself, you know. Absolutely. And uh, who is Los? Who's Los was here? Um, shout out my guy. Crazy episode. I appreciate everything you did. Um, but it was cool because after we started, uh, so after we re- recorded, we had this conversation, and he was saying like, you know, ownership is a big part of sharing, you know, because he mm-hmm. he teaches children, right? And so it was funny because I started, I was like, man, and when you really think about it culturally, that's some very deep words, you know, like people don't right now, um, people are having a hard time, like, especially in DC with gentrification, shit Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Um, I can't ask you to share something with me that you don't feel like you've owned yet, that I haven't given you the opportunity to take ownership of and be like, yo, this is Ryan. This Mm -hmm. is me, you know? Um, and we got to be able to do that too. We got to be able to allow people um, from all walks of life to feel like, yo, I own this shit. This is my culture. This is who I am. We need to stop trying to impress shit upon things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that has a huge like part in it, too. Like It causes people to, to do crazy dumb shit. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. find yourself in these situations. Mass incarceration and yeah. mass negativity, you know? Yeah, I um, agree. I actually... Man, taking accountability of my life and ownership, you know, of uh, everything that's going on has allowed me to let go Mm. of so much. Because uh, during that process, I learned that one, we're not in control of it. The almighty supreme power is in control of it, you know. And if you aligned and doing the right things, then you will be set up in a place aligned to where things work out for you good. Mm -hmm. But so many things within our life started off as a learned behavior. Who told you you're supposed to eat chicken? Or did somebody just give it to you on your plate when you was little? Mm. Who told you that you're supposed to go to school and do this? Or did you not know you can learn privately by yourself? Who told you that the policy enforcers has any control over you before you learn that, hey, the power is in the people and we make the law. A man and a woman writes the law. How different are anybody from Congress than you if you know how to do the steps? And you just start asking questions because everything is a learned behavior. As soon as you start asking questions, you start getting to the source of things. Right. And then it takes you to the source <laughs> yeah, yeah. of things. You feel me? Which yeah. is, will be inside yourself you right. know, once you decide to move how you want to move. Right. And the one of the things that like always shocks me, and I, I talk about people, talk about this with people at work all the time, is like, yo, how many times as a kid was they like, yo, drink milk? And now you look at it and look at how unhealthy milk is. It's not good. Look at all these people walking around here. You give them a teacup like size regular milk and they going to be for the next three days out of commission. Can't got to call into work. All this. What have we done to our bodies? You know, it happened to me. I used to love milk, dairy, everything. And when I got older, I'm not sure if I'm lactose intolerant. I'm not going to self-diagnose myself having been to the doctor, but it does not agree with my body no more. Mm-mm. And what that comes down to now at some point in time, you got to start listening to your body. Yes. Your body talk to you. Yes. It's nonverbal. It's mm-hmm. just like facial expressions and hands on. Your body talks to you. How does things make you feel? Does it make you feel good? Do it make you feel bad? You got to start listening to that as you grow because that's your consciousness. It's going to come in many forms and you have to be aware of it because if you don't listen, you're going to go through a life of turmoil. But if you do listen, you're going to start making a lot of different changes and you don't know, but it's going to be so great for you in the outcome. 
Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and I, I'm the same way with uh, with dairy and and gluten, and mm-hmm. like I started noticing every time I had a beer, bro. That was it. Yeah, that was it. I felt terrible. I didn't feel. I just didn't have it. It just made me feel. I just every response you could imagine. You know, bloated. Yeah, everything. Yep. And that. and it's just like I was like, you know what? It ain't even fucking worth it. It's not. It ain't even fucking worth it. Like if I'm gonna put this in my body just for fun, right? And then at the end of the night, I'm gonna have to be sitting up on the toilet all night or something. I'm good. I'm out. Like I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do my own thing, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was sacrifice, right? Yes, sir. So it sounds like you've experienced a lot. Your family has definitely experienced a lot, even on behalf of you. You know, like you're saying, like your mom, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what does that mean to you? You know, because I get this sense that you're a very gracious and grateful person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to you. get where you're at now and to get where you're going, like, how do you how do you choose and, and and make it okay to make those? Because a lot of times people are very uh, afraid to make sacrifices, right? Yeah. They're afraid of change. How did you kind of get to that point where you're like, you know what, it's okay. Let, let me let me really invest in myself and do what I want to do. Life pushed me into it. Mm. I, I didn't come to this to myself. Everything that happened from even when my house getting shot up, I felt like I lost all my friends. I had to move away from the city that I grew up in my whole life. I had to move away from the high school, the middle school. I mean, like, elementary, middle school, high school in the same city. Mm-hmm. I grew up around the same people in a three-by-five-mile radius for 15, 16 years. Everything I thought uprooted, lost, gone one day. And it just moved me out of my comfort zone. I didn't know how significant that was. Of course, I was a young kid. I was bratty, everything. Even when I moved to Memphis, Tennessee, I got I learned so much about being oh, there. Yeah. I got so much to my characteristic, you know, to being able to adapt to environments, to being able to assimilate in any situations, and then not just assimilate because I'm not supposed to just be like y'all. I'm supposed to learn and then grow and develop, be myself while I'm there and find out how being myself fits being in that situation. Mm -hmm. Or if it don't, I keep moving. And that being able to keep moving throughout my life, it helped me out so much even in these moments because... I understand that I got to let go of anything that I feel is attachment unless I feel like I'm going to keep it. Like, I never let go, you know, my, my daughter, my family, stuff like that. Like, I ain't talking crazy, but like you said earlier, some family ain't family. Some things you got to let go. Mm-hmm. You can't be attached to that. You got to let that go. And you got to know when to do it and not hold on to it because it'll help you out or it could hurt you. So I've been through a lot of things in life that I've held on too long that I've allowed to hurt me. And I know when I need to move. Right. And it just helped me to be able to make sacrifices in each moment at any capacity. I sacrifice all the time. You know, I even sacrifice weekly by fasting, sacrifice eating, sacrifice Mm -hmm. drinking. I sacrifice strip clubs. (laughs) (laughs) I sacrifice not doing all these things to discipline myself. Mm So that I will be able to get to the desired thing that I want to do. Right. And I can really be free and have fun, you know, feel good about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of them things, too. I mean, you go from Detroit to, to Memphis. Neither one of them places. Is, people learn a lot on the, in, in, in those areas. At I, a very young age, people are exposed and learn a lot, you know? I was blessed mm. because, honestly, even here, I'm in D.C. now. Mm-hmm. I've went to three majors. Four. Because I went to, I was born in Detroit, moved down to Memphis, came back up into Toledo, Ohio. Okay. And then went back over, you know, New York. 
here in DC, I've been in like the major cities in every place. And there's a big energy that got to do with the major cities in every state. They're not the capital of that city for no reason. So it's a big energy with these major cities. Mm -hmm. And what I've been able to do by learning and adapting from these places is just sharpen me. Iron sharpen iron. It was like a pit stop. You know, I don't mean to get too deep or religious or anything, but if anybody follows the story of Jesus, he went to the temples. Mm -hmm. He went to learn. Right. He navigated. Mm -hmm. Our people were nomads. They went to learn from a place, leave their mark, tell their story, connect with somebody, go on to the next one so they could share it. I feel like that's what I was able to do. How much how much of that do you think translate into into your art, into your music? Everything. Yeah. Everything, man. We gotta understand that everything we do, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. It's been Facts. done before. So everything that I'm doing is translated from one of my ancestors, a energy that's aligning me to do this in this path, but it's all part of the destiny. Do you think sonically, do you think like when you think of the sounds, um, where are you influenced by? Like who are some of the who are some of the people you really looked up to? I, I know you gave that list earlier, but mm. were there people like for me, Pharrell Williams, bro? Mm. Pharrell, Timbaland, like mm -hmm. those two dudes for me, I was like Hey, they on some different shit. Mm -hmm. They on some because you know I was one of the first albums that I remember. Like, you know, everything was kind of a throwback when you're at that little age mm -hmm. until you get to a certain point where you can cog like cognitively think. Mm -hmm. And one of the albums that came out that like swept the fucking world was uh, Justin Timberlake Justified, right? Okay. And it was one of them things where it was like, yo, this is a white dude like me, but why don't it sound like? other things that i know Just and so then i did my homework like mm -hmm. okay who are the people who made it happen you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 so but who are some of the people that like really made it made it pop for you and you're like oh this is this is what i like one of the first absolute first was definitely Pac, Pac, mm. nas and as of uh recently in a new age like early 90s 2000 whatever kanye man Ooh. Kanye, J. Cole, they, they they did it, man. Just hit my heart. And th like we were talking about samples earlier, Kanye was able to mix the samples with his sound and his message. And he'd give you a familiarity that you know, that you love. Like when you hear the song, you're like, oh, I, I remember this. And then boom, you got him hey. over it being him. Yo, my favorite Pac song, Do For Love, bro. What? Bro. Okay. That sample, okay. that sample and that shit. Yeah. Yo. He he had it. He had it like that. He was one he of the people. He would bring. He would. It's that like nostalgic callback. You know, mm -hmm. like you hear it, you think you know what it is, but then you really don't. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it it was just something crazy. He was on another level with it. You know. And you know something? Pac actually went to the performance school of arts out here in Baltimore, mm -hmm. Maryland, and he actually went to Juilliard. So he was a professional. You know, at his craft and what he do. He ain't just another street goon or anything that just had good talent to get noticed. Like. He's no, got he's got one of them stories where I feel like it they never do it right. They never do Pac's story right. You know, born in Harlem, you know, moved to moved to Baltimore, mm -hmm. then goes out to Oakland to live mm -hmm. to live with a lady who wasn't even his his family, to live mm -hmm. with a white lady like a record lady. Mm -hmm. Uh makes the whole thing pop, becomes a dancer, you know, mm -hmm. backup dancer. Gets put on like the whole thing, the story. Gets, Everybody always thinks it's Humpty LA. Dumpty. Yeah, yeah. But uh, not to mention that his mom was a uh, part of the Black Panther Party. Oh yes. So his blood runs deep. Yeah. Everything he had to say was not just 
you know, given it was actually in his blood, you know, it was, oh, it they, was his destiny for Pac to become him. Like, for yeah, real. I don't want to get this uh, video flagged or nothing. But no, you go, you go. There was, no, no, no. What I was gonna say is that there's some three letter organizations who That's were fact. looking for some of his family members, and they they was deep in it. You know, they was deep in it, and he was very. Um, I guess maybe now what like the younger generation would call woke. I don't know if I even. He was just a real dude. You know, and he he knew what was up. You could look at it and tell when you go back. Um, he's also got a book of poetry that I recommend you guys reading. It's uh, incredible. But, I mean, this guy, he was a pro. He was oh, a yeah. pro, you know. Absolutely. So, for sure. So, Pac. Um, Pac, Nas. Nas. Kanye. Ye, J. Cole. J. Cole. Those that's are a, the four, like, heavy hitters. That's a tough list. Yeah. Even, like, I, I still love KRS-One, Rakim, mm-hmm. African Bombada, LL Cool J, DJ mm. Grandmaster Flash, you feel me? They actually started hip hop, man. It started from disco, and they took the disco and they chopped the beats and made hip hop. Run DMC ran with it. Everybody in Queens, Queensbridge, New York went crazy. It's with like, the scratches and the whole, bro. I love the whole culture of it, but it started from just being free, you know, feeling how you want to speak. It actually started way, 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 way before then, man. This is before slavery or any of that man we use it as a form of communication you feel me mm, signs word. and sounds yeah even before english language was mm. you know created signs and sounds was our way of communication we could send messages we could communicate we can do a lot of things so music came out of that because of course the uh megahertz or how the universe is created with sound the sonic boom it resonates with us in our body sound is out here created within the universe since before we discovered it so when it came to us and we was able to mm, 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 you know like the caveman it's like we were able to understand that just because of sound even if it made yeah. sense or not you know it's so crazy too because um you know cats um i didn't know this but so when you talk about like big cats like uh, lions and um tigers cheetahs stuff like that um when i was in south africa um, there was a there was a cheetah enclosure that I got to get in and, and pet this cheetah, hey. and the lady was explaining to me that you know he was making this weird sound. And she was explaining like that is called chuffing, okay. And I was like, oh okay, cool. She's like, that's how big cats communicate. Mm-hmm. And later on, I I never made the connection, but I was like, I don't understand. Like I thought cats meow. You know, I'm I'm from damn Kentucky. I don't know. You know nah, what what's you. what? I know it either. Yeah. So well, what I learned was that you know. They have developed, like, cats, the species, on down to, like, the common house cat mm. has evolved, and they developed meowing as a way to communicate with humans. But they're but they still purr and exactly else. That is, natural like, that chuffing sound that's, like, that kind of, like, in the back of their throat mm-hmm. is their original, like, that's how they communicate with other animals and cats. So when you break it wow. down, like, we have, like, not just as humans, but as, like, as any living being, we all have this innate desire to communicate. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Even the planets. Mm-hmm. The planets are communicating with each other. It holds a vibration. You don't think that that vibration is giving out some type of communication form? Oh, absolutely. It's going all throughout the universe, throughout the galaxy. Absolutely. And the thing that's crazy about that really is like, what does that say about music? You know what I mean? Music was created. It's a, it's a God-given, you know, instrument. Is it's a way of form of communication. It's bigger than just communicating with each other. It's a form of praise. We're communicating with the supreme spirit that created us. Right. 
And do you do you feel that? Do you feel pressure when you're trying to go in and do a, you know, do your next project or maybe do a single or an EP? Do you feel like yo, I'm trying to put out something that communicates this specific idea to people, or are you just trying to go in and be like, yo, this is me right now. I'm giving you a timestamp of what's going on in my life. I keep fucking with this no, you're microphone. Good. You're all right. You're all right. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how I do it. I give them a timestamp of where I am in life. Um. I'm definitely that philosophical when it comes to it, but I want it to be free flowing. And like I said, you know, I ain't as perfect as everybody want me to be, but I'm mm. perfectly me. Yeah. So I just give how I'm feeling, you know, who right. I am at that moment. Yeah. So, so what's next? I mean, off camera, we talked about some crazy shit. So I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, that, that might be something we might have to figure out, but, uh, do you have any aside from that? Do you have any? Did you have any imminent like plans for the future? Or was that the imminent plans for the future? Oh, that's one of my musical uh, next things that I'm going mm-hmm. to do. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of my good buddies down in Memphis, Tennessee. It's called okay. the 901 Union, and uh, my homeboy Del Guan Coleman, which I'm rocking Coleman and Neil. Shout out to him. Sorry, I didn't mean to make this a shout out party, but no, no, we want it. We'll support yeah. him. My homeboy Del Guan Coleman at the 901 Union. He's an entrepreneur. You know, he has his uh, wedding planning service. He has the uh, lawn care service, and he also does independent films and movies. He mm. has his clothing line, several things, you know, but um, very humble individual, you know. And I'm looking forward to going to work with them more. They actually shot the video for me, made it to Memphis. Y'all can look out for that very soon. Shout out to Red Heart Entertainment, you feel me? So I'm looking forward to working with him, possibly getting inside some movies, you know, so y'all can expect to see Rod and a couple independent films pretty okay. soon. Okay. On top of that, you know, I got my business going. So I plan on furthering my business endeavors, expanding myself, finding some partners, you know. And what is that? I can do. Uh, right now it's landscaping mm-hmm. and it's a multifaceted, you know, type of avenue. So I'm going to break that down and get into anything, as many DBAs as I can, create as many opportunities as I can from that LLC. Okay. Get into everything, real estate invest in stocks whatever but i'm gonna start one thing at a time you know take my time so yeah you know possibly get into some movies some films Mm -hmm. get my business endeavors going grow my family and um get more into my studies you know a lot more into my studies studying myself you know uh my holistic lifestyle and uh the number one thing which is seeking the kingdom of heaven so all things will be given to me Seek the kingdom of heaven first, and all things will be given to you. And as I learned that, man, it's so surprising. Shit starts to fall into place, huh? Man, it does effortlessly. Doors just open. You know, it's just love. So, with your with your business, have you um, have you already found some partners, or is that something you you'd be willing if people would would kind of link up with you from here if they see it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. I'm absolutely looking for more business partners. You know, if anybody sees this, y'all want to reach out, you know, talk to me. We can get anything going. Absolutely. That'd be lit. That'd be lit. I'm going to look out for it. I'm going to check out Coleman Nail, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so yeah. they do wedding planning and everything? Yep. Are you married? No. You plan on it? I do. So you already got your man locked down for it, then? He's At in Memphis, certain... Tennessee, but if he can plan it for me... <laughs> I would appreciate Shit. it. Shit, all right. Yeah, go ahead. And man. if I can get my homeboy D-Wade to host, to come and host it. D-Wade? You know, that's my guy. All right, go ahead then. Damn. 
He's shooting his shot. Hey, I did copy D Wade for my wedding. Actually, I used a John Legend song that, that I had seen that he had used. So, oh, I, you know, oh no, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean like the Miami Heat D Wade. Oh shit. <laughs> my I was like, boy, he, he, I went to college with him. His name is D Wade, the host on IG. Man, oh, he's okay. the hostess with the mostest. Right now, he down at Atlanta at our bar doing his damn thing. He working at Tyler Perry Studios. Shout out to Talia as well. D-Way and Talia, two of my good homies from college, down there in Atlanta working with Tyler Perry doing their thing. Yeah, hey, go ahead then. That's a different D-Way, but it's still one we support, oh, yeah, damn it. Still yeah. Like yeah, yeah, still doing it like number three. Man, this fucking microphone. I was, uh, you got the yeah. arm going. That was <laughs> Yeah, my, my joint moving all over the place. We were going to get through it, though. It's good, it's yeah, good. So, um, so... Do you have any um, people in the DMV that you're really kind of? Um, I, I know some of the people that you you know we had shouted out some of the people we talk talk to and stuff. Mm-hmm. But are there any people around locally that you really want to work with in terms of music? Absolutely, um, I definitely want to connect with more of everybody from the uh, DMV. Okay, um, Creative House DMV more specifically, my homeboy Apo. My homeboy KJ in the building, man, amazing engineer. My homeboy Russ, he go by JF Crates, amazing engineer. Me and Mark Bravo, which is the creator of the show, we actually have a few songs together. I'm looking to put forth a whole EP, which is me and him. Me and Damo, we got to link up, do something. You heard me. My man's Los got something cooking up crazy. I got to meet up with Los, man. Ashley Dior Brown from the DC Music Summit is phenomenal, amazing, a trendsetter. And, you know, just doing great at everything she do. If y'all don't know about uh, my homeboy Far Ten, which is my homeboy Pharaoh, representing Bars on Air, okay. man. Shout out to Pharaoh, Bars on Air, man. Everybody in there, Yo. they doing the damn thing. I appreciate it. Yo, Los, he got something. I'm, I'm hip. He got something. I'm hip. I can't wait for that. Hey. I can't wait for that. Hey. Yeah, so... Uh, and I got a I got a producer I want to put you on with as well I think oh, uh, somebody sure. somebody I want to link you up with. All right. um, but yeah, and Damo, and Damo is a, is gonna is a big friend of the show. I've been trying to get him on for a minute, and every time like he so he just had to go out to L.A. Um, and then I had to keep my booking going. I had to keep you know getting some episodes and some content filmed. Uh, but we he's he's coming on. He's coming on a couple weeks, and we got we got to work out the date. Um, but yo, that's one that if y'all did a joint project, oh yeah, no, nah, we 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 talk a little bit, and he definitely said we gotta do some work. We are gonna get some time, man, man. Actually, we may have to collab on this uh this piece we talked about before. This yeah, show. yeah, that'll be lit. That'll be lit. And you know, it's the crazy. way that that came together, that was creepy, man. <laughs> if people could have seen that, that was weird, man. No, but the thing is, the thing that's crazy is, and Damo is kind of bit from that same um bug that we're bit from. Like if you if you watch him. When he produces, because he he does a lot of his own beats and everything, um, he really likes samples. Mm. Like, and that's how we kind of connected. That's how I ended up at that cookout that day and everything. We we initially started talking and stuff just over like samples, like old one twelve beats and like shit like that. You know, jagged edge, like and I, and he would hit like some crazy. Yo, he sent me some tracks, bro. He sent me some tracks that you would not believe. He he sampled an incubus beat, and I was like, oh, he's really like that. If you oh, can sample them, that's what's up. Yeah, no, no, he's 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 like that. I gotta talk to him because I got some crazy samples, man. I ain't gonna lie, a couple beats I just want to rip off. I'm gonna do a cover. I'm gonna kill it. But them samples, it go deep with it, man. Yeah, it go deep with it. Yeah. So what what is go back in your mind, right? 
and really think about a project that stands out to you. Uh, was there one specifically that maybe it was super influential or was it, or do you have a favorite that you just always, you go back and it's that replayability factor? I got two, man. It's between Kanye, My Dark Twisted Fantasy, mm. the whole runaway 30 minute clip that he did, crazy. And um, J. Cole, man. Mm. J. Cole, Forest Hills Drive, I actually saved my life. Forest Hills Drive. Forest Hills Drive actually, at a moment in time, saved my life, man. That's wild. Made me do a whole restart, man. That's wild. Yeah. It's crazy because you, you wonder about, like, that impact, like, that eventually you could, you're going to be at that level, you know, where you've put out something that's going to that's gonna resonate so deeply, you know? But it's oh, crazy really? that, like, art does that for us. Like, it really does. It, it takes us out of these places. Sometimes for some people, you can put them back in a place in a negativity, like, kind of realm, you know? Yeah, music is spiritual, man. Mm -hmm. It does one or two things. It either helps uplift you or it stagnates you. Yeah, and that was, one of them, that was one of them whole projects it just uplifted me every song. What do you I think it was? Time. It was. Do you think it was like the rawness, like him t telling a story? He was. He was on his shit in that album. I absolutely felt like I went through everything he went through, and mm. I heard it song for song. I could have a memory in my life. It's like, yo, damn, I did that. Yo, y'all, walk. I've been through that. It's like, and then I just seen like the progression. It was like, yo, it was painting the picture of like, yo, this is the pain, this is the life, but this is where you can go. And uh, I took that and I embodied it. It helped me come from a place I was at to here. Yeah. And, and to having the mindset that I got. Uh, he, he's definitely got one of them albums for me, too. But for me, it would be Born Center. Born Center. Like, Born Center. And honestly, another what? one is The Carter Two by, by Lil Wayne. Like, the thing is, bro, he had a chip on his shoulder in the that The Carter recording. Two feed my ego, man. Bro, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> But it, it was the fact he had such a big chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And, and it was like you felt that energy. And I didn't feel that in any – like all they're all classics. They really are all classics. Mm -hmm. But when you go back, it's like, no, this one, he was like feeling some type of way when he recorded. Go DJ was one of them songs off of the Carter 2 that did it for me too because I got to see him being a superstar artist. But also at the time, Wayne was in college. Wayne was in college. The backpack when he hopped off the fire truck wouldn't just to look sweet. Nah, he was in college. <laughs> and even while I rock with Cole, because Cole went back to school, went back uh -huh. to college, he became, got his PhD, he a doctor. He Dr. Cole, low-key, what people don't know. But even Wayne. Wayne is at that level. I don't know if he uh, got his doctorate, so I'm not going to set it on here, but he was in that point where it's like, yo, I'm going to show y'all this part of me within the public, but with also in my private life, who I am and what I'm really truly doing. If y'all did the research and knew about it, that's how he got his vocabulary up. He went back to school. He invested in himself. And that's that song was just man. one of the moments he was just like, yeah, I'm the fireman. I'm about to stun on you. I'm hot. I'm hot right now. I feel like the man. So Yo, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. For me, it's for me, it's a back-to-back. -back. It's hustler music and receipts, bro. Ooh. Well, receipts, when he said, I hold on to all my receipts, bro, that's how you just, I've been feeling that, you know, especially with this, when this whole thing, like, started mm -hmm. popping, you know, and I was trying to, like, get all my recording and everything going, yo, there was a lot of people who before, before they saw the studio, before, you know, I had shown them pictures or clips of certain stuff, yo, oh, okay, you're doing your little, your little, okay, cool, 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 and they, you know, big bro you type shit, right? Mm -hmm. and now, all of a sudden, you, and that's the same people that, like, yeah, bro. Got you. I'm, gonna come I'm, gonna come through come I'm like, all right, cool. Day. I bet. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm kind of, we'll have to see about it, you know? So it's just one of them things where it's like, you can get in your bag listening to that shit. I'm not going to lie. I had some of those moments. And it's like undesirable to talk about, I try not to get into the negative, but I be wanting to speak out on it sometime. Like, you know No, what? yeah, yeah, I feel you. Go ahead. I'm tired of this. I'm go tired ahead. of this. No, I'm talking about through the music. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sometimes I just want to be like, you know what? I could make something right now, man. I just boss up on everything. But honestly, with me just checking my ego, man, mm-hmm. just, you know, being humble. When you the bigger man, it's, it's so much of a bigger picture because you were looked at as the example. You looked at yeah. highly as the example. It's like, yo, you can't do that. You can. You you. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, People no, gonna accept it or not. But at some point, you know, you just got to check yourself. And me, I did a check. I was just like, I don't want to be that person. And it's cool for me to feel how I feel. I'll find a way to work through it or have a conversation. You know, if I can yeah. have that conversation, I'll resolve it a different way. You know, work yeah. out how I think with my own mental things, you know. But other than that, yeah, man. It's all good. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's it's when you're in that bag and you're in that mode, you know, going back to... I think back to like, you know, Jada Kiss and Anthony Hamilton, like why? You know what I'm saying? Like they no matter what level that they was on in life, they they still had questions, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like I'm I'm me, I'm who I am, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's and it's okay. It's okay to like be unsure of shit or be like, Man, why'd I have to go like that? You know? Feel a little bit in you know, in your emotions in that moment and then just move past it, you know what I mean? And like to not suppress everything all the time. Yeah. You know, not yeah. and it's funny, my wife my wife is actually in um nursing school right now, you know, and so with COVID and everything, everything is so remote, you know what I mean? And um my mom was a nurse. I grew up learning to read from those books actually, you know, mm-hmm. so like hypertension, learning how to spell, I was learning how to spell that shit out. Mm-hmm. Um our dialectic system. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Speak about it, right? Yeah. So but it's funny though, because just this morning, you know, before we recorded, she said Babe, I need help. What's the difference between um, regression and suppression? Mm. And I was like, damn. Regress is when you go back to something in which you came from. Suppression is when you're trying to hide something or you have not worked through it yet. I haven't even experienced it yet, right? But and then here's the crazy part, though, right? We start, it kind of sparked up a conversation, and she was like, so which one's more unhealthy? Suppression. Actually, you see well, what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. Suppression, because if you hold it, you never get the chance to learn. If you regress, you go back. But if you learn, you can learn from it and move forward. Right, right. But it's one of them things where it's like you can see a case for both of them. You know what I mean? Like you, you start yeah. thinking about it, you break it down. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's real. You know, I don't. I think, yeah. No, that's so amazing because I was just thinking about myself. Like cycles, life comes in cycles. Everything is about patterns, just like music. Life mm. has a pattern to it if you find it. It's a cycle. And I have been breaking one of the cycles myself. And I mm. noticed, like, yo, I get to this point, and then I always come back to here, and it's like, why do I keep doing that? And I, like, I, I eventually came to the point that, like, okay, yo, it always brings me back to a point, a place of humility and being able to learn. Mm. You know, we always, like, you know, they say, I want to get, you know, they say we uh, in sin or whatever, make mistakes, whatever. That's that's only for you to be aware and be conscious, learn from it, and move forward. Right. You're never going to not make a mistake. You got to right. keep going and just, you know, expect it, but be okay with it. Right. You know, don't yeah. revert back all the way. You have to be aware and catch yourself before you fall all the way back. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, there's no such thing as loss, you know, only lessons and learning. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, but so I, I had a, I had a question. I just had it right there. Damn. My bad. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. No, I was just going to say, so with the cycles, right? You're talking about like, you know, how everything in music is a cycle. Like you mm-hmm. pointed that out. How do you feel about cyclically, like where we're at right now in music? You know, what what is mainstream music, right? And and how things are going. Like, how do you feel about that? Hip hop is coming back and that bullshit is dead. It's gone. People want substance. It's mm-hmm. over with. We see it for what it is. It's entertainment. People love to be entertained. And that's okay. Let me break down entertainment. Enter, of course, is what it is. It's entering something. Tain is to control. Mint, which is minty, if we break it down in Latin, which is your mind. Mint, minty is mind. So they want to enter and control your mind. Entertainment. That's why it's important on what you consume in a holistic diet. People tired of consuming the shit that don't make them feel good. They tired of mm. consuming the shit that make yeah. their anxiety high. They're tired of consuming shit that make them depressed. They're tired of consuming things that make them confused. It's time that we need clarity. Mm-hmm. It's time we need something good. It's time we need something uplifting. That energy is recycling back. Just like all the periods throughout history. You know, you have dynasties and kingdoms and all type of people doing these things. Then you fall into the dark ages. Then you fall into these periods. And then you come into the golden ages. And then the industrial age. And then the reform. And, then the aud- and it just cycles back. And now we're in a cycle to where the energy is rising, the energy of the planet is rising, the consciousness is rising, and the people want that. Hip-hop is coming back. Who do you see, like, mainstream-wise that's really leading that, that's leading that resurgence? Are there names that you kind of look at and you're like, yo, I appreciate what he's doing or what he's trying to do? I don't want to reference nobody mainstream. (laughs) I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer how I want to. Oh, okay, go ahead. It's to the voice of the people that's not mainstream. Okay. It's to the ones right there that's in that little place that you see rapping that ain't getting the big attention. Mm-hmm. It's to the people on the corners that you see that's out there with an instrument doing multiple talents at the same time, rapping, doing a guitar, playing the piano, playing a saxophone on the corner of the streets that's out there that's going to make a difference. It's the people that's freestyling in them cyphers in them circles that we need to hear. It's the one people person that you see, like my man's right here doing his podcast that's going to own the label pretty soon. That you may not know, but they on the come up. Those are the ones that's making the big difference. Because before the big name people that we knew, they were in the same type of position. Oh yeah, absolutely. So there was a time when Abel start. was, you know, on the streets in Toronto singing, you know. Who? Abel, the weekend. Oh, Abel. That's his name? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, you got a powerful name. He does. That's very biblical. That's very it's very thought provoking, you know. Very. You know, and very. what do we know about Abel's demise, you know? You know what I'm I so. know. Yeah, I know. But also, besides just his demise, you got to think about how he pleased the Almighty. He came to him, and Abel was bringing life. He was bringing vegetation. He was bringing fruit. Cain was bringing death. He slayed animals. He killed. Mm-hmm. He had blood on his hands. God didn't want that. But that's a whole different I gotta story. I got to tell you the story of my name when we get off this joint, Straight? too. It's crazy, bro. I got to tell you one, too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, it's too. crazy. So, um, But that that's interesting, you know. It, it, and I, and I think it's like it's tough because, like you said, the the mainstream like how not wanting to point out or it's like there are a couple people who you feel like yo maybe maybe they're like that you know maybe they're like what we were used to, mm-hmm. but then you there's something different about this era, 
You know, they're like one of the quickest comparisons I can make is like Lil Baby mm. and Lil Wayne, right? Mm. Very similar to me and just like the way that we're seeing them and being like learned about. He on his way up. But then the thing is, there's there's still something that's a disconnect. You know, what do you think that is? You think maybe it's that we're too exposed, like in the information age, or no? The difference is because I've been doing the research, and I'm gonna tell you completely the honest truth. You feel me? And I don't care who flag it or who feel bad about it. It's in the contracts. Mm-hmm. It's in the agenda of the companies or whoever running the show. These people don't want us to be truth tellers. These people don't want us to give the true message. They changed Kanye because it's in his contract. Some people are contractually like obliged to not talk about certain things. They can't say it. They just can't do it. They can't make certain things no more. They're contractually obliged to having to make certain type of music, do certain type of stuff, marry a person, beef with this person. It's all in contract agreements. Oh, it sound yeah. crazy. I mean, it, no, no, it don't, this, though. When you really look at, like, yeah, yeah. you know. It's, it's all a show. It's all a show. Yeah, Contractually. Yeah. And it's through private obligations to where if you break this, you're done. They own you. Or if you don't know how to restart and you ain't got the power, the knowledge, you know, within the supreme power yourself, you just you just doing that. you living like that. It's something crazy, too, about fame, you know. It's something crazy, too, about, like, what we deem as being famous and, like, what is obtainable, you know, to certain people. Like, you know, rest in peace, Mac Miller. But he was in an interview and somebody had said, like, what is it like being famous, you know? How, were, how excited were you when you first got recognized and he was like yeah at first like it was cool somebody walk up and be like yo are you mac miller and i'm and i'm like yeah bro that's me let's take a picture but then later on you get to a point where you're like it's overwhelming. yo like i'm but i'm still a i'm a person like you just know that i write these things but i still don't know you you know what i mean like and that's a crazy thing that we um we like we do kind of worship people, you know, and yep. we do kind of put people on these like in these DD kind of like categories that sometimes it's like you not only are you setting them up for failure, but yourself like mm-hmm. I, I done met people who kind of let me down. You know what I mean? Where you see them, and you're like, you know, fuck that guy, like, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, just straight up, you know, but then I met people too. one of the realest people I ever met. Shout out right here. And I, I would do anything. I'm a, I got to find a way to get you on the podcast. Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap. No, listen. Big Fetty. Listen, man. Listen. I met Fetty Wap. Crazy quick little story. I met Fetty Wap while Trap Queen and the track, the joint that he had with Drake was still on the radio every day. He had like four songs on the top 100. Mm-hmm. He had 679. He had all that shit going on. My guy stopped. We had a full-blown conversation. He held up his security to talk to me for like 30 minutes, bro. Never knew him. Didn't know anything about the guy. And we just talked, chopped it up like two people. I've also heard that Waka Flocka is like that too. I know somebody personally that done interviews and worked with Waka Flocka, and they say he's like that too. He genuinely stopped. It's something so refreshing. Yeah. Everything. But you know what? I want to touch on what you said before mm-hmm. about being famous. It's funny somebody broke this down to me one day. Being famous don't mean nothing. That don't change your status. That don't mean you're rich. That don't mean anything. Being famous breaks down to, let me break it down to y'all real quick. How many people you know? Mm. If you walk into a room and you got everybody you ever met in life or new people you met through business endeavors or what you're doing, what you're gifting, your talents. Say you got 20,000 people in one room and you come in with somebody that don't know all these people and they see you and everybody. Hey, what up, Jake? What up, Ryan? 
they go crazy. That's just you knowing a lot of people. And now you're famous. Because you just know, know a lot of yeah. people. That's it. Yeah. Being famous comes down to knowing a lot of people. Now, being a celebrity, it comes down to what people do and how they feel about you and react to you. Because celebrity, the root word is celebrate. We're celebrating somebody. So being a celebrity is when people celebrate. Well, well, YFN Lucci has a track at the beginning of it, Bigger Rankin, Mm -hmm. uh, does an intro, and he says, what's the difference between fame and notoriety? Mm -hmm. Fame is when people know you. Notoriety is when people know your worth. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, shout out to them, too. Hmm. You know, that boy in a bad situation, hopefully everything gets worked out. But, um, yeah, but that's true. That's facts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like... um, like, what do we place our self-worth? You know what I mean? And, like, what does it mean, you know? Absolutely. Um, is that something that, you know, you keep in the back of your head as you're going through all these hoops and you're putting out projects and you're doing stuff, you're trying to constantly stay grounded? I do all the time because originality, authenticity, and moving in the truth, like, compels me the most. And, like, I even heard on Jay-Z track one time, he was like, yo, less is more, man. There's plenty of us. Mm. And I understand what that meant, but... It don't matter if you got 100 friends or 10 friends. If you got the most genuine people that want the best for you in your life and y'all want the best for each other and y'all working together, that's all you need. That's all you need. Kendrick Lamar, yeah, he started off as J-Rock hype man for TDE mm-hmm. for eight years. But he had the people around him that cared. It didn't matter if he was known by the millions of people he was known now. Those people helped K-Dot pop like that. Well, he did it himself, of course. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, it, just he those, had, yeah. that's all you need, you feel me? Because that's going to turn into everything else. Because you're going to get genuine people around the world that see what y'all doing, got that type of energy, and want to be a part of it. Or they already have a place that they can contribute, and it all lines up and just fall into place. And do you feel like, do you feel like since you kind of started, we, we had talked earlier about, you know, kind of being forced to make sacrifices and to kind of being forced to being put into certain situations. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like when you started just, you know, not fighting that and accepting it and really taking your life and trying to focus on positivity and everything that you consume and everything that you are, that things got different and and got easy for you? Or do you think that it's something where when you're on the right path, there's something constantly trying to knock you off that path? You know what I mean? It, It got different, but definitely not easy. It got more enjoyable though, because Besides whatever, anything or situation that come, I'm solution-oriented. And also, I know that I'm on the right thing. And plus, the doorway to righteousness is a narrow one. Everybody ain't coming with you. Mm-mm. When I had a whole group of friends, I wasn't doing the right thing. I was following the crowd. I was in the in crowd. I was following. When I stopped following, I started leading, leading my own life. Whether people that chose to follow or not, the door is open for me. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I feel that. For real. I feel that. And this one of them joints has got the thing on the top, the arm. That shit going to swing back hella quick, too. For you can't, real. You can't sneak through that one, you know what I mean? You can't. You no. can't. And, and you're going to be tested. You're going to be, I get tested every day. You feel me? It ain't easy. You get tested every day. But if you do the right thing, you complete that task, you feel good about yourself, and you're also granted more. So something else will open up for you. Yeah. Someone else will come to you. Yeah. Another opportunity, and it's just like, you didn't even know, but you were just following the path. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, do you have any? Uh, you have any more upcoming shows coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking to uh 
do something with Nature Boy, Open Gym USA. They doing their thing out here. I'm going to DC Poetry out mm. there. They doing their thing. I'm also going to the Baltimore Poetry Lounge because I'm going to get back to my originality of where I started with music, and then I'm going to let it grow from there. Yeah, so any any other big things you want to plug before we before we head out on this one? Any you big? Know what, uh, man? I just want to make sure, man, that y'all type in, tap in. Excuse me. Whew. My man, as you know, he's a bartender. He got me a good little drink. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, a little yeah. slurred, but we did good. Yeah. You feel we made it through. Yeah, I man, feel that. Y'all tap into the show, man. My guy, Jake, bro, real one, 100. Really, really, really 100, man. Make sure y'all go check out NPR underscore Richie, R-I-C-H-E underscore Rich. Living a moment video coming up soon. Check out any of my EPs, man. Long time coming. Summer rain. Y'all can be looking out for more to come very soon. Shout out to DMV. Shout out to Creative House DMV, man. Everybody. Shout out to DC Music Summit. Shout out to Bars on Air Radio. Yeah. Y'all show me so much love. I appreciate y'all so much, man. DJ AJ Throwback. Let me not forget that, man. Nick Blast. Shout out to Black Park ENT. You feel me? Everybody, man. Appreciate y'all. Shout out to Detroit. You feel me? Yeah, the D. You know, you know. Made I'm coming you. there. You're a Lions fan? That's actually I am very big okay. Lions fan. Okay. I still I be wearing my Detroit versus everybody hoodie sometime. Ain't nobody beat me up yet, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, one of my next things I'm definitely gonna do, man. I'm gonna be doing a lot more in Detroit. I'm gonna be doing a lot more in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm looking forward to expanding New York and then California. And we going out the country, baby. We hitting the coast after that. Hey, I feel you, bro. That's 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 exciting, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys for for watching. Uh, definitely check out all the plugs. You know, we, anytime I bring somebody on, it's somebody I genuinely fuck with. You know, so if I'm telling you like, yo, go check out these projects. If he's if he's plugging them on here, it's it's things that he really supports as well. Um, so yeah, let's go show some love just to some up and coming creatives, and let's get it popping. You know, let's let's make DC the DMV creative area. Let's get it all. Let's come together, you know? Yes, um, sir. Look out for us. We may be doing something uh, coming up. There's a little collab thing that maybe we might have to work out, you know, see oh, see yeah. what it is. Um, oh, but, yeah. but, yeah, let, let's uh, let's definitely keep you up, up updated on everything. Check out the all the different platforms, Twitter, YouTube. Give this video a like, comment, subscribe. You, you already know what it is. Run it up, you know, share it. Um, and then, you know, we'll be back. We'll, we'll see you soon. We'll check in with my guy soon. Lastly, I got one more thing, man. Shout out to DJ Damo 93.9. Shout out Rico Nasty, my homeboy Pusha T. I just watched a segment of them all together at a table having a sit down. They come into Baltimore. They looking for artists, baby. So it's our time to pop. If you in the DMV area, it's time to show the fuck out. Because it's our time to pop. Let's get it. King Push. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace.